On the Views from the Deck Chair podcast this week, I was very lucky to sit down with Yvonne Brennan, the superstar that heads up marketing communications for RBH Hospitality, the company that manages over 70 hotels in the UK, covering many IHG, Marriott, Hilton and independent brands. Yvonne has been described as someone who truly gets how marketing helps to solve business problems, creates new opportunities and the activities needed to impact the bottom line. And in this podcast, you really will see why. Yvonne truly is a delight to speak to. I learned a lot by sitting down and having a chat with her and I'm sure you will too. Enjoy. Well, today on Views from the Deck Chair, I'd like to welcome uh, Yvonne Brennan. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications for RBH Hospitality Management. How are you? I'm super. Thanks so much, JV. It's really nice to be with you here in London. Well, thank you very much for having me. We're at the Crown Plaza in uh, Canary Wharf, and we've got a beautiful spread you've put on for me. We've got croissants and pastries and um, everything on the go. And I'd like to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much. So, big birthday. Big um, one. Yes, big celebrations as well all weekend. So, feeling slightly tender for our big interview this morning. But uh-huh. I'm going to... Yeah, keep on going through. Good work. So, so the four zero. Yep, four zero. Embracing it, fitter, more fabulous at forty. Yeah, that's what I'm telling well everyone. Done. So, <laughs> born in the seventies, I was a seventies child. I'm still eking out the last eight months of being in my thirties. It's it's funny. So we had an event with um, Jason Donovan. Um, I did a, a special celebrity appearance at one of our hotel launches last Thursday. Yeah. Now to me, Jason Donovan, this was big news. Uh-huh. However, relaying this information to the 20 year olds in our team was met with blank faces. Oh, really? Literally really no understanding of who Jason Donovan was. So how do you, do you like drop a neighbours or do you <laughs> drop a, you know, Kylie? Do they even get Kylie? Yeah, you have to work yeah, backwards from yeah. Kylie. Many people said to me, yeah, have we not got Kylie appearing as well? But the budget didn't stretch to Kylie. But, <laughs> but Jason was super. Oh, that's brilliant. And so that was an opening, was it? Yeah, that was the courtyard by Marriott at Luton Airport. That's a phenomenal space. It's, it's evidently quite... Um, competitive around the airport there but um, it's a really really great hotel great space um, nice and bright the lobby area very much kind of plays into that sense of you know it, it's not just purely a transactional thoroughfare it's more yep. a place to meet to mingle um, it, it kind of moves as the day evolves it's, um, it's, it's a really great product and the courtyard brand I'm sure you're familiar with, with courtyard mm-hmm. as well it, it does really well in that space as well fantastic well for those who uh, are listening can you tell us a little bit about uh, RBH Hospitality Management. Who are you? Yes. What brands do you look after? All yes. that type of thing. Um, so, so RBH, we're a leading hospitality management company. So we've got offices all around the UK. Um, we've got around 240 people working across our, our different offices in Glasgow, London and Leeds. And we work with all the major brands. So yep. Marriott, I talked about, Hilton, Accor, IHG, um, Crown Plaza, Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express and Hotel Indigo brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also manage a number of independent hotels as well. So in the unbranded space, um, as well as service departments. So we manage over 60 hotels and properties across the UK. Um, and for me as a marketeer, that obviously gives a huge breadth of experience yeah. across all those different brands and, and their different kind of um, priorities for the future. I can imagine. Well, look, we'll speak about a little bit more about you guys and the hotels that you manage as well. But I'm just really interested to hear about your background. How did you, a lot of people that I speak to on the podcast 
have started off in hospitality, but that wasn't the direction you initially mm. uh, initially started in. No, indeed. Um, I had a very glamorous introduction to hospitality with a Saturday job as a kitchen assistant Did in you? my yep. youth, um, working for a hotel in the Orkney Islands in the very north of Scotland. Did you know Orkney Island? Well, the Orkney Islands, hadn't they just been voted last week the best place to live in the Absolutely. UK? Absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm starting the, the drive to move all my friends and family up from oh, Orkney yeah? Islands. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that was a fun introduction to the world of hospitality. But then upon graduation, um, I, I worked um, with a Glasgow-based marketing agency. Yep. And we had a large number of um, entertainment, leisure, hospitality clients, uh-huh. including the, the remit to look after marketing and PR for all the Hilton hotels in Scotland. Okay. Um, and luckily, those owners were really game for doing different things, having a bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, this was back in the day where uh, the Harry Potter books were launching mm-hmm. and we did lots of fun sleepovers and book readings. Um, and we had the Strictly Come Dancing people come to do sessions in the hotels. So it was great to have that introduction to working with a brand such as Hilton, yep. who are up for just not, you know, taking a kind of less traditional approach to marketing and PR. Uh-huh. So when when the role of um, group marketing manager came up with RBH or, or BDL management as it was in 2009 came up, I was really excited to take my language skills, yep. uh, my marketing experience, and then apply that to kind of a, a, a different context within hospitality. Okay. But you started off in the publish. Uh, publishing world is that yes that's absolutely right and and uh, i've been thinking a bit about that recently um just as kind of you know as newspapers are having to really evolve and think about their digital Mm. content versus traditionally just printing a paper but i worked in the the news quest outlets of the herald and the evening times okay so the herald is is one of scotland's national newspapers and, and evening times is very much glasgow local news great content uh, and working on on those titles, um, I did a lot in the media partnership space. Yeah. So looking at things, we've got Celtic connections happening in Glasgow at the moment, uh, and how to kind of capitalise upon that in both an editorial sense um, and ways to kind of delight our, our readers as well. So that was that was really good fun there. Oh wow! And so uh, in terms of moving from there, what what made you leave that industry? Publishing. Yeah. Um, it was it was reasonably opportunistic. The marketing agency um, was really well known um, in Glasgow at the time, and we actually had the one of the first projects I worked on was the opportunity to work on a large scale human art installation wow. for Hilton's uh, Hilton's um, bar in the West End of Glasgow. So I don't know if you recall kind of Spencer Tunick's work in that field whereby he just got lots of people into a room, got them all naked and then took pictures of them in, in different locations right. at, at Stonehenge yeah, and yeah, 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 in Sydney yeah, yeah. Okay, and all around the yeah. world. Um, so I worked on that and, and we got lots of global coverage and, and that Fantastic. really kind of cemented that sense of, yeah, this, is, this, is, this can be fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can be can be great to work with. Oh, brilliant. RBH, 70 hotels, you mentioned all the major brands that you're working with at the moment. As a group that's looking after so many hotels in so many different markets, you know, you've got um, the competitive London market to independence in sort of more isolated areas and things. How 
do you how do you work out your day? I mean, looking after and helping all these hotels with different target markets and yeah. different opportunities to capitalize and different challenges. And and, and and that's a really good question. The brands themselves evidently play very strongly in, for example, the room space, so the rooms delivery yeah. and their and their loyalty programs. So I don't need to replicate efforts being. Hilton or Marriott or wherever. Mm-hmm. My role as a, as a management company is to augment brand delivery. Yeah. Uh, and if we think about hotels such as where we are today at Crown Plaza Docklands, they have a need to drive uh, M&E, to drive spa, to drive people to use their, you know, the leisure facilities. And those are the areas where we need to augment brand delivery. Yep. So if we think about how my day is organised, it's very much thinking about what is that interplay between, you know, the, the, the brand themselves and the needs of the hotel. Okay. So my plan is trying to fill those gaps. Right. And so uh, say you've got a few holiday expresses, would, would they regularly discuss in between them? within your and yeah and uh, and hotels for example yeah that that very much has to be where we offer a competitive advantage to our hotels is the sense of scale so if we have 20 holiday express hotels then we ought to share best practice um, look at key learnings the need periods if we're thinking ahead to easter for example i'm now looking at from express hotels what can we do collaboratively to drive you know those kind of need periods yep. um so so again that's part of the, our role as well is to is to drive you know drive extra from uh, from the brand's base of room delivery okay and so as a as a group you you'd have quite a good sense of the way that the UK is shaping up in terms of the economy at the moment, the fears, but you'd also be a beneficiary as well of a, of a, a low um, pound. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. So, uh. so what are the major issues in the next 12 months and, and opportunities as well, do you think? Well, as a, as a management group, we, we've had our senior team talk a lot about the possible impact of Brexit and and we've been quite concerned about possible skill shortages. Um, But at a commercial level, we had a very strong year in 2018 and and domestic delivery was was absolutely phenomenal. So um, for me as a marketeer, if I'm thinking about the impact of Brexit and I'm then trying to think about how I attract the the domestic market, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really trying to focus my team's attention on delivering good content. Now, what does that mean? Well, you know, it... Google's algorithm update last year it didn't have a name, Chevy Moroughton, saying that they're normally like Penguin or yeah, yeah. I don't know, something exciting. Um, they've looked to penalise those pages which do not offer great content right. or, or to rank most highly pages which solve problems or give advice and and we're tailoring our digital offering accordingly so to think about not just purely telling people we've got beds in our bedrooms and there's an an ironing board but thinking much more um, creatively about let's create uh, seven top walking routes around the hotel or 15 great things to do in Edinburgh this summer Mm -hmm. you know giving content which is much wider appeal and, and ultimately cements the hotel's reputation as being a great a great hub, a great home for, for anyone's stay. Yeah, I, I guess that's interesting, and um, is that tourist information boards are effectively, by the digital age, being made redundant. And I guess hotels have the opportunity to fill that space and actually become 
a, a destination hub themselves. Yeah, and I, I'm always advocating that our hotels really become part of the community yeah. and they can do that in different ways. Um, and the, the user journey, so if somebody's browsing our website and they're going around and they're like, oh, I might want to stay in, in Docklands area, but it's pretty busy around XL here. Um, if they are drawn in from landing pages, which talks about how, how you know, the running routes that there are around Canary mm-hmm. Wharf, or they can see that additional content, that gives us a competitive edge as well. Yep. So I think that's really important. But I think that some of the tourist boards or the, the destination marketing bureaus are doing a really good job. If I think about Visit Scotland, um, their online content is actually incredibly strong mm. and they've done really well in terms of their email marketing, for example, to do precisely that. So they've had um, Burns content recently. Um, they, they've actually adapted their offering to try and really compete in that digital space and, and market Scotland. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I mean, what I was more talking about in terms of the, the, the tourism boards and and, and this will come on to partnership as marketing and, and uh, uh, soon and how do you work better with uh, tourism boards to help promote your own hotels, but is the actual physical tourist office booth oh, yes. where people will, uh, will normally resort to and go to and have a discussion with someone that's... Yes, and, and, and I worked in the Glasgow Tourist Board um, um, for, for a short while as well, so I can read maps upside down like a professional. Yeah. Um, but the, people, people do like to have that kind of face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. as well, so especially some of our um, you know, um, more senior travellers. So yes, that kind of interaction isn't going to go away. So do you find, uh, in terms of, um, you know, say the 10 best running routes around a particular hotel, is it quite important for you in your marketing to, to be niche rather than generalistic about the 10 best, you know, um, things to Rooftop do in Edinburgh or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. So, so we've looked at our pages, which are obviously performing least well and, and well, and yep. where we see that type of reasonably, you would, you'd say, niche content seems to drive the most engagement. Okay. Now, whether that's because most of our campaigns tend to be integrated, so I'll always make sure that we're not just creating a piece of content on the website um, and, and then that's it. I also make sure that we work with the PR agency to seed that out to influencers. Perhaps we're getting um, bloggers to come along and experience a, a package related to the running routes mm-hmm. um, to look at the social sharing or creating small videos that kind of application always makes sure that we get a lot more bang for our buck if we're thinking about those type of stories. Okay. And what what has, has tended to be, I mean, you said last 12 months have been phenomenal, which is great. Congratulations. What, what are the, the real staples in terms of your digital armory and, uh, you know, really work for you, really hum along, and um, they sort of make a core of your, your digital marketing campaigns? It, it's... Interesting. For our branded hotels, there's no imperative for me to compete in the brand space. I'm not going to compete with Hilton.com or Marriott or, or Accor's brand space. Yeah. Um, that said, sometimes these websites are built on legacy frameworks and getting anything changed 
involves, I don't know, an 18-month roadmap coming out of Atlanta. So that yep. can be a frustration. A lot of our hotels have that more nimbly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I think about the key parameters of my digital toolkit, in some cases, that is the creation of standalone websites to support F&B outlets, okay. where we need to have that real sense of immediacy. as a menu changed? Are we doing something different? Is there an event on? Yep. So it's creation of those independent websites and running the program of supporting PPC, SEO. Um, But if I think about the efforts of my marketing team, it is really thinking about content um, and and looking at video. I'm looking to work with a a partner in 2019 whereby we'll um, give hotel teams the ability to capture footage on their smartphone, throw that up to an editing facility um, off-site, um, and they'll very quickly turn around great shareable content. So that's a kind of key feature for us. It's really trying to think about content rather than purely always having pictures on Instagram, you know, of, of cocktails, which, which which grows a bit wearying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unless you're drinking them. Indeed, indeed. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, and so what are the things that you're, you're thinking equally aren't really working that well or they were sort of popped up in the industry and haven't seemed to get as much traction as you thought i mean are you looking at things in the future like vr or like ar these type of tools only indirectly as well and and for our independent hotels it's nice because they have the ability to be much more flexible in that space so if i said to a number of our owners do you know what we should have chatbots on our websites to help customers through the booking process. There would be a great sense of, well, you know, do do the model, do the sums, and and let let's try it on a trial basis. So that flexibility is, is really incredible. Where I've seen most change within RBH, having been in the role for for nine ten years now, is is really how we think about responding to guest reviews. I don't know if you recall perhaps five, six years ago when we were doing a lot with uh, the Medallias, Revenates, Review Pros, all these guys, we used to, within RBH, have an awful sense of we must reply to everything and we must mandate that our hotels do these responses and we were guilty of supplying them with template responses just to make sure that things like typos and spelling errors and the right tone Uh got through. Uh, And where we've really had to evolve that, that thinking is because a lot of the research around review response has changed as well. We obviously know that responding to reviews generates revenue, um, but customers are turned off right. if people if a, if a property has responded to every single review, it Is feels insincere. Okay. So so we're now kind of mandating a bit more of a sensible approach. Yep. So it's yep, great, respond to reviews, acknowledge them, um, but you don't need to reply to every single one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so that's kind of where we're kind of adapting our thinking as well. That's interesting. So, so is it depend on what type of re- review that you get through, or uh, exactly. for example, I mean, if it was a negative response, would you probably more answer them frequent uh, more frequently than positive reviews? Or? Yes, exactly. So, at the extreme ends of the scale, you kind of need to be playing in that space. So, if yep. we have negative reviews. Evidently, we, we would ask our teams to think about how they frame their response um, and not purely 
we're terribly sorry, but think about constructively how we can solve that problem. And mm-hmm. I think we would demonstrate that we can solve that problem um, and engage and communicate with that unhappy customer, then that actually has more of a kind of a positive impact upon yep. our, our review ratings over, overall. So I'm, I'm setting up the RBH Marketing Academy in 2019. Okay, well. uh, and that's a real sense of how we as a central marketing hub train our own property teams to do marketing smarter themselves. That's going to be looking at topics such as guest review um, and thinking about not just using formulaic responses, the best ratio do you respond to 80 and leave 20 of the, you know, the kind of the moderate ones. And how do we think about things like Social media advertising, our hotels ought to be harnessing social media advertising mm-hmm. to promote their weddings, or we talked about M&E, or Christmas in a much more creative and commercially astute manner. Yep. So so that's part of my delivery to the hotels this year, is is almost training them in those kind of key skill sets. Okay, wow. And just to, just to reflect a little bit on what you were talking about before with the uh, the guys that are on, on property and you're giving them the tools to say, hey, look, you've got a marketing device in your hand exactly. with a phone. What type of stories, besides the photo of the cocktail, for example, are you encouraging them to tell? I mean, is it a story about them, the staff, days in the life of, or every aspect of the hotel, or is it more amplifying the guest experience, or, or what, what thoughts do you have? Where we've seen most engagement has been precisely that. It's much more the behind the scenes, yep. telling the story of the team, rather than, oh, hey, we've got a wedding fair on today, mm-hmm. because which hotel doesn't have a wedding fair on? So it's much more thinking about here's um, Fabiola and our reception team, and here's you know her journey, and, and talking about her daily routine those type of shares yep. have actually had much more engagement with, right? with, our, with our customer base. Yeah, and some hotels, it's a different story. I think about the example of the Hotel Indigo in Cardiff. They have great social output, um, which really fits with the design ethos of the hotel. It's Because it's an Indigo, they're very much about being kind of local, so that's reflected in their social content on on Instagram as well. Um, And that's won them lots of awards just for being really, really super local and engaging. Okay. So stemming on from that, what freedom do they have just to post anything that they want? Do they work within social media guidelines that you designate? And does that guideline change between hotel to hotel? Yes. Some of the brands mandate, for example, that you cannot have standalone Facebook pages because yes. they simply want to have an IBIS Facebook page and they want to monitor that at mm-hmm. at a brand level, which has advantages and, and disadvantages. We as RBH give our hotels a framework within which to operate. So that framework is we provide them with a social media calendar. Yeah. So that will outline for February. It's evidently going to be Pancake Day and Valentine's Day. It's also going to be Banana Day. And what we're encouraging our hotels to do is to think about adding value. Uh-huh. By that, I mean, it's not just purely, oh, great, we've got pancakes. Give your give your audiences and social channels something of value. Mm-hmm. That could be something as simple as a pancake recipe or you share some great ideas to make, I don't know, Valentine's Day on a budget. Think about content yep. rather than purely roll up, roll up. We've got Valentine's dinner at £49 a person. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and that's really important for, for us to get right this year. Okay. 
oh, I'm really interested in this um, um, academy. academy. Yes. That'll be edited. Uh, the, the Marketing <laughs> Academy. And um, so, so what was the brainchild of the Marketing Academy? It, it was really a sense of you touched upon the different brands, independent service hotels, um, and, and there's a real sense of how do we kind of make things smarter. There have to be common threads of activity all hotels on a brand agnostic basis are trying to achieve. Yeah. So we've looked to try and uh, identify those as a marketing team internally, and we've really hit upon the idea of getting guest review response better will help us have a much greater uh, impact upon guest satisfaction. Mm -hmm. We're also thinking about allowing the hotels to be a bit more nimble themselves. So how can they produce materials quicker which are on brand. So we've invested quite heavily in an online template system that hotels can literally input their own text imagery and then pull down for print purposes. So we'll be doing training on the design templates. And then we'll also be thinking about how how hotels can use social media smarter. So that's not just purely thinking about the content that they produce, but also thinking about um, the the types of media that they use, the the brand voice, um, and getting some of that more kind of value-added content out there is going to be really important. Um, So the Marketing Academy um, is going really well. We've got a great um, team in-house running that as kind of webinar sessions. Uh And yeah, we're getting people kind of on board with the idea of it. Um, So yeah, when we next catch up, we'll give you an update on, on its relative success. Oh, brilliant. And so, so in terms of marketing, I guess there's a lot of talk that, and it's more, most evidence in, uh, in, a, uh, in a hotel environment that it's not just the marketing department that is responsible for marketing the properties. You know, everyone from customer service to the cleaner saying hello in the hallway to um, the whole loop yes. uh, being closed. How, you know, how much control can you have of that aspect and that understanding that everyone yes. within a hotel environment is responsible, I guess, for, for marketing? Yeah, it, it's something at RBH that we try and focus on. If, if you think about the, the general manager of the hotel being the captain of the ship, mm. um, he or she really has to lead that ethos of customer excellence. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk a lot within RBH of, of, of operational excellence and what that means for our guests. So we try and deliver that through a real focus on the GMs um, and how they then instill those values um, across their wider teams. From a marketing perspective, we're lucky. Lots of our GMs are very engaged and they see the value in marketing. Um, So I've been quite fortunate to work with with good uh, GMs who who are kind of in that headspace already. By running something like the Marketing Academy, we can harness that. They can get the reception team. They can get different members of the F&B team engaged in it and then kind of broaden the net of collective responsibility for on-property marketing. Okay. And you're talking a lot about the importance of content. Um, Do you see... Hotels that are starting to do well creating their own content, do you see importance in frequency of engagement um, or is it good content less frequently or both? I think I think from, from what I've kind of understood as, as an industry norm, I think consistency is key. So if I think about Instagram, 
hotels need to be posting at least once a day. Yeah. I think if you have less than that, it can feel a bit more sporadic and out of touch. So consistency of, of posting is key. Yeah. In terms of Facebook, it's also really important to have that consistency. So I'd rather that the hotels focused on the value add bit rather than just purely po- posting pictures of, you know, bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. And is, is organic dead in social? Would you always... Um, feel that the hotel should should invest a, or boost a post or invest um, a little bit in the uh... it's it's a good question I don't think it's dead I think that a blended approach is, is where we're at so so we're advertising you know we're, we're advocating that our hotels use ad spend wisely hence the the academy's kind of approach to it but also just if you've got great content to share it ought not to purely exist in social in isolation it ought to lead to you know a landing page yep. there should be a pr element um so so that's where, where our head is at is is if if we're doing stuff it ought to not live um in in a, in a silo okay and so um, let's just have a quick, because every conversation, every conference, when it's regarding hotels, we'll discuss the OTAs versus direct bookings and, and these types of things. And do you see much of a difference within the 70 uh, in terms of their distribution sort of ratios? What's, what's Absolutely. The... It's, it's the, the disparity between commission levels across the hotels under management is quite incredible. Yeah. If you think about some of our urban um, town centre properties, some of them can have you know OTE commissions at extremely high levels, uh-huh. which might be concerning, or you might just simply go with it and find find ways to manage that. Um, conversely, with some of our more provincial properties, that proportion is obviously much lower. You've been to a lot of the same conferences as myself, and I think it's fair to say that perhaps even three, four, five years ago, every conference was dominated by how to push back on the OTAs and what on earth can hotels do. And my feeling is that certainly in the last 12 months, a lot of that has perhaps dissipated. Mm -hmm. I think working with a lot of the brand partners, they've now achieved levels of commission that feel you know, everyone's in a happier place. I think the big brands are pushing back. They have asserted their collective um, authority and dominance. So, yeah, I, I feel as if that has become less of an overriding concern than perhaps we saw industry-wide three, four years ago. Yeah. And so where a lot of those big, the big chains have looked at is, is okay, um, you know, loyalty putting that front and centre to ensure that if they do get a OTA booking, for example, then they will try to get that person on board within their loyalty program and hopefully they'll achieve the direct bookings from, from then on. What are your kind of feelings around that? I've, I've actually been looking at loyalty <coughs> quite a lot in the past couple of weeks. I'm not sure if you saw Marriott's launch of their new rewards program. Bonvoy, bon yeah. Yep. And so I've been trying to drill down into Bonvoy. They've obviously amalgamated all the different programs mm-hmm. from Starwood, etc. So trying to kind of understand, okay, what does Bonvoy offer our hotel guests versus Hilton Honours versus yep. ISG Rewards? Uh, so so that's been kind of uppermost for, for me. But what's come through in a lot of the materials, and I've been looking at um, Alicia Hoisington's work in hotel management directory, whereby she's been talking a lot about 
the the lo- these loyalty programs have to adapt and those that are going to be most attractive in looking after our hotel guests are those which which move the focus from this purely transactional you know, accrual of points and then burning points yep. to, to get a stay somewhere in London. And and those hotels, hotel chains which are doing it well are those which are coming up with customer experiences, unique customer experiences, which only as a member of Hilton Honours, yes. you can achieve. Um, so, so that's been really interesting. I was looking at Hilton's, uh, they actually have a dedicated auction site whereby you can bid and burn your points for amazing experiences. The best one I noted last night was a, an evening, um, an intimate dinner with Dolly Parton. Wow. And I thought if I had, you know, 150,000 Hilton Honours points, I would probably burn yeah, it a night, would, a night with Dolly. Oh, brilliant. So... <clears throat> In terms of the cost per acquisition, and this is where a lot of uh, the people I've, I've spoken to, so you'll have the people that are, uh, as you were saying five years ago, up in arms at conferences about the OTAs, but weirdly a lot of them are booked via the OTAs to be near the conference as well. Um, <laughs> but, um, but cost per acquisition and matching that up in terms of the investment that you spend to get someone through the door and booking with you direct anyway and that percentage that you're giving away to the OTA and there being some sort of parity between those two. Yes, indeed. And and if I think about our efforts to market our independent properties because for branded hotels, mm-hmm. they're playing, certainly in, in the PPC space, uh, that's very much their bag. Yep. For, for independent hotels, it's at a very basic level, been very difficult to get them into meta search because mm-hmm. they don't have the scale to get into you know the the GHA space as well. So even just the acquisition to get into meta to be there in the mix has been has been quite considerable. So so we're even trying to make that kind of cut through the digital space okay. to have any kind of level playing field with those OTAs. Uh, so that's something for 2019 we'll be looking to do is just purely to get into the meta space. Um, and, and then we should see perhaps the, the acquisition model will change quite considerably because the hotels will be listed there mm-hmm. versus, you know, three or four spaces beneath booking.com, yeah, 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 which yeah. is my, my current challenge. Okay. And um, well, I'd like to speak because you've got you've got um, some interesting programs there at RBH as well. And you mentioned just before about Brexit and the concerns that at management level you guys had had about uh, staffing issues as as well. Um, but you've got a really good program in place in terms of. Um, uh, training staff called the RBH Pyramid Program. Do you want to just sort of enlighten me a little bit on that? Yes, we've got a whole raft of programs at RBH which help us attract employees and develop them and hopefully retain our employees mm. because, you know, the, the kind of adage about people being your, your key asset, we, we do firmly believe that. So the Pyramid Program is designed to train up our leaders of the future. The The latest intake of nine students just graduated in, in January. It's a phenomenal programme because it's not just purely getting the, the prospective general managers of the future to think about their financial acumen or you know the revenue management skills. It's actually equipping them with real life um, 
skills to, to deal with whatever the day in the life of a general manager can throw at you. Yeah. Um, and our general manager will certainly tell you it could be anything. So we've had them undertake training exercises to deal with um, an outbreak of norovirus, how to deal with journalist inquiries, right. what to happen if the police comes into your hotel, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. how to deal with fires, fire evacuations, wow. um, and, and also thinking about just those kind of... Um, leadership qualities mm-hmm. that are required so thinking more in a kind of empathetic eq sense as well actually what does it mean to be a good leader yep. um of a hotel and, and to be that captain of the ship so it, it's a really great program we've also got our management foundation degree okay. um so that's a kind of rbh program for our hospitality stars those guys who are age, aged 18 and over um so there's lots of different ways that we can train and, and retain uh, our, our staff. So what, what are the perceptions of the hotel industry from young people, do you think? I mean, co- traditionally it's been seen as, you know, working odd hours, and which is true in a lot of cases, but also um, low pay. Yes, and I think those challenges and, and those perceptions are possibly valid to a certain degree. It it can certainly be long and uncertain and unsociable hours. The the kind of RBH mentality has been to really try and find a way to make us an employer of choice because uh, a prospective employee knows what Hilton is or they might Mm -hmm. know what a, a Holiday Inn hotel is. But who the heck is RBH? They don't have a clue. So we've got to find ways to make ourselves stand out through programs such as Pyramid. But the hospitality industry as a career path is is a phenomenal opportunity for young people it really does open the door to the world mm-hmm. um, and I think that you can progress very rapidly within hospitality yep. if, if you put in the effort okay and um, that retention of talent so if when they go through the program do they normally get placed in a hotel or how does that work it's interesting so four out of the nine uh, recent graduates have have already progressed within their career at, at RBH. Okay. And and let's be honest, sometimes a top talent person uh, is, is an amazing star, and then they go on to become a star elsewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that that's part and package. And, and we've actually seen a number of people who had departed for pastors new come back into the fold okay. if a different opportunity arises. So yep. the portfolio may change, an opportunity may come up closer to home and a different brand, it's a step up for them. So so we see that that's it's, it's retention for the long term ethos, not purely in the next, you know, one, two years. Okay. Well look, we come to a part of the podcast where I ask you um, a, a couple of questions around who what in the industry would you show the red carpet to? What do you think is really working uh, as an innovation that will be important now and in the future? And what should be shown the door? A legacy uh, um, program or innovation that's been in place for a long time and, uh, and, and you think the hotel industry needs to say goodbye to? Okay. Um, thinking again about our people, I really think that hospitality companies need to focus on the the b2e model mm-hmm. so business to employees and thinking about what we offer our employees that's not purely hospitality led but i think it's really important to really find effective ways to market 
a career within hospitality. So thinking about your employee retention programme, what can we offer prospective employees yeah. is, is super important for the way forward. That's certainly something at RBH that, that we'll be looking at. Okay. And then we've talked a little bit about these loyalty schemes. I actually see the evolution of loyalty being one of the key drivers of differentiation over the next couple of years within the industry. So we talked about the transactional model that outdated way of thinking really needs to to go and and really focus on what can what do our customers want they want great content they want personalization how do we train our, our teams to think about recognition and make it personal uh, and then really think about those experiences so i'm still angling for my evening with dolly parton ah, brilliant <laughs> Well, Yvonne, look, it's been fantastic to speak to you. Um, that's 40 minutes that have gone really quickly. My goodness. Uh, 40 minutes for your 40th year. And, yay! Uh, yay! <laughs> uh, I hope you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful year. Uh, exciting times ahead um, with RBH by the sounds of it. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thanks for coming on Views from the Deck Chair. Chevy, it's been so nice chatting to you. Thank you for the invitation. And I look forward to catching up in 12 months' time to, to, to see if all my um, uh, predictions have come true. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much.